Hello and welcome to The Widow Podcast. I am your host, Karen Sutton, The Widow Coach. I am a widow, a mum, a health coach, a life coach and grief coach. I want to help you see that you really can create something truly meaningful after loss. You have everything you need within you and I want to help you find it so you can see how capable and amazing you really are. Helping you find a more positive way through your grief. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Widow Podcast. Today I wanted to talk a little bit about a topic that is rarely discussed, to be honest. It's a topic that we often feel quite ashamed of talking about, I think. We keep a lot of it in and we can feel like maybe we're feeling something we shouldn't be feeling when actually we should. So let's talk about it because how else are we going to normalize everything that goes on for us? You know, when we we lose a life partner, not only do we lose our person and everything that that, that affects, you know, in our day-to-day life, um, there's so many secondary losses, isn't there? You know, we talk about the, the financial losses. We talk about the, the holidays. We talk about the, the relationships around us that um, are affected by the loss, the, the, the solo parenting that, you know, we, we become highly aware of, that we are on our own bringing up children. There's so many. There's so many. But one of the big ones is the loss of intimacy. It's huge, right? We are in a a loving, intimate, caring relationship. And then all of a sudden, we're not. We're on our own. And for some people, this this loss, this, this the grief for that closeness can start when your person becomes ill. If you've lost somebody through a a long-term illness, that can start earlier on because there can be real shifts and changes in a relationship when your person becomes ill. And then, of course, you know, if there's a sudden loss um, or that you've managed to retain that intimacy through the illness and they die, you are then catapulted in into a world that you don't understand that you don't know with all these feelings and emotions and as much as your person has died you haven't died you're still very much alive with wants and needs and desires of your own and they're still there because the love for your person is still there it's not like you've had a fallout or you've broken up that love lives on and with that comes the desires, the wants, the needs, that yearning for intimacy, to be touched, to be held, to be loved, to be nurtured in all the little ways that you did with your person. And that will look different for everyone. You know, some people have a very active sex life. For some, it's more about holding hands when you're sat on the sofa, somebody to to kiss goodnight. You know, it's, it's not always about just the sex. There's so much intimacy. You know, when you're in a crowded room and you just catch your person's eye and you just know you're there for each other, that's a very intimate moment. And it's, it's these moments that we really miss that go unnoticed by others but that we feel 
so very heavily. And I really want us to to open up the conversation about this, to to normalise it, I guess, because we really struggle with this, with the feelings. And, you know, I want you to know that you're not alone in what you're feeling and what's showing up for you and what you're wanting in your new widow life. Because it is very normal to still want to fulfill those desires. Now, you know, it's not quite as simple as just going out and finding somebody that you can be intimate with. Because, you know, intimacy with a lifelong partner is is very deep rooted, isn't it? You know, you have a closeness, you have an understanding, you know each other, you know how each other work, you know what each other likes. And you know, yes, we can all go out and find someone to be intimate with, but it's just, it's not the same. So it's learning how to carry this loss, I suppose, and normalize it for yourself so that you don't feel ashamed of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because what we keep in causes a shame. You know, it's not what we let out that causes us harm. It's what we keep in. So we We've got to find a way, I believe, of expressing what's going on for us to help other people understand the enormity of our loss of a life life partner. People don't get it. They don't understand. How can they? And they certainly don't understand everything that comes with it, all those secondary losses. And, you know, as I was talking in in one of my groups the other day, you know, we now have an opportunity to educate people, to highlight all the challenges that we face and what shows up for us so that people can support us in a better way. So just know that it is okay. It's okay to miss the intimacy, to desire the touch, the closeness and the sex. You know, that is okay you are not doing anything wrong there is no shame in it you know we often feel like it's a maybe a betrayal to our person but really it's quite the opposite because that love is still there that still lives on and we still we still want them we still desire them but it's complicated isn't it because when we lose our person we then lose our confidence often as a result and our self-esteem and that that self-belief and our self-worth really takes a huge nosedive. And we tell ourselves a lot of stories and we worry about a lot of things that actually might never come true. But I get it, you know, after Simon died, I was very much, you know, of the belief that I would never feel safe and secure with anyone else again, that, you know, nobody would love me in that way again. And I would never have that closeness, that bond, that connection with someone because you can't imagine it. You can't see it. You can't feel it. And you are deeply missing and grieving your person. So you don't want to either. But we do worry that we will never find that love and connection with anyone again. We worry about being intimate with someone else. You, you know, is my body OK? Will, will it be all right? Do I really have to show someone my body again? And I don't want to do all that. It makes us feel deeply uncomfortable. And we worry that we'll never feel safe with anyone again. We'll never feel truly loved. And, you know, often when we we kind of jump ahead into the future, we are 
viewing the future through the, the lens of our present. So it's very hard to look ahead and imagine something very different to where you are now because you can only see and feel your reality in this moment. And if you're trying to look ahead, you're going to project your reality now into your future and you're going to believe that to be true and it's not because you are going on a journey you are going through a process and that's not to say that there's an end point you're not going to reach a destination where everything's okay this is a lifelong journey this is a lifelong process that we have to go through so in that journey in that process your grief is going to evolve it's going to change you're going to change so much it changes us on such a profound level it is untrue the things that you you know you used to like that used to be important to you that used to bring you fun and joy may well change very much and you know if it does come to a point where you start looking for a new partner in the future you are going to be looking for someone for different reasons than when, you know, the person you were looking for when you found your partner, because you're in a, you're in a different stage of your life. You're a different person in life. You have different wants and needs. So it's, it's very much trying to stay present, stay in the now, you know, find ways of getting through today, knowing that the rest will come. And again, trying not to, to layer our suffering with more suffering, because that's essentially what we're doing. And just remember that you do attract what you put out into the universe. And if you believe that you'll never find anything good again, you are going to look for evidence to back that up, to make that true. And you will find it because your brain is always want to going to prove your thoughts right. So we have to be really careful around the thoughts and the, th the things that we're saying to ourselves. And but then we also have to look at the energy that we're putting out into the world. And, you know, we've all done it. We have all done it. But just be aware of it. Look at what you're saying to yourself. Are you saying to yourself, you know, nobody's going to want me. I'm broken. I'm widowed. You know, I've got all this baggage. I've got kids. I'm on my own. I'm sad. I'm overweight. <laughs> I'm middle aged. I've got nothing to offer anyone. You know, we can get caught up in that trap. But we have to flip it. We have to flip it. And we have to think, do you know what? If somebody does come along and they are lucky enough to be able to grab my attention, they are special enough for me to take notice of them, then they are going to be very lucky to have me in their lives. Because what you have been through has shaped you in to an incredibly passionate, caring, loving person. And anyone would be lucky to have you. And we have to believe that. We have to put that energy out there. So that that becomes our reality. 100%. You know, if, if, we, if we don't own that, if we don't believe that, and we believe the opposite, that will become our, our reality. But, you know, not having a, a, a partner to be intimate with exposes a lot of vulnerability for us. It really does. You, you know, it brings up a lot of stuff. Guilt. You know, our confidence takes a nosedive, our, our self-worth takes a nosedive. And all of that can eat us up hugely. So we have to acknowledge all of this. And this is all part of our grieving journey, isn't it? We have to acknowledge what's showing up for us, name it, feel it. 
understand it, talk about it, normalize it, don't keep it in. And, you know, if you do struggle to talk to someone, you know, maybe um, journal, journal about it, write about it, or or find a, a support group. I have a lovely support group on Facebook, Widowed and Rising. Um, I also have other, you know, groups, memberships, my group program, where these things can be talked about in a safe environment with people who understand that get it, that you won't feel judged by, that, again, normalizes it for you. But again, we have to learn to be patient with it. As we do all of our grief, we have to work through it all. There are no easy answers. There really aren't. We do have to feel it. We have to work through it. And we have to find our our way with it all. But we also have to kind of create an awareness around what we want. And sometimes we miss our person so very much. We miss that intimacy so very much. We crave it. So that we go out and we find it and we we might join a dating site or or meet somebody, you know, a friend of a friend, be introduced to someone and very quickly get caught up in the intimacy of it. And it can feel very exhilarating, very exciting. It can make you feel totally alive again. It really can. And that's a wonderful feeling. It is a wonderful feeling. And there's there's no shame in that either. But what we have to look at is how do you feel a couple of hours afterwards? You know, not immediately afterwards, because you're obviously on on that high and and riding that high out. But how how do you feel a couple of hours afterwards? Do you then take a nosedive? Do you then just feel more alone? Do you then feel more misunderstood? Do you feel less connected? So we really have to create that awareness around what we want and what we need. They are two very different things. And sometimes we really want the intimacy, but it's not just with anyone. It's it's kind of, it's with our person and we have to work through that. So just, you know, bear that in mind. Really notice how things are, are, are making you feel. Be kind to yourself. Know that you are worthy. You are worthy of so much. And you are able to have it all when the time is right for you, you know, and it is possible to regain that intimacy with someone and find someone that you can love and trust and feel safe with again. But it takes time. And I think before we are able to do that, we have to, we have to learn to understand ourselves a lot better. We have to invest in ourselves. We have to understand who we are, what makes us happy, what brings us joy, What do we want and need from life? How can we fulfill our needs? And once we start to learn about ourselves, we can become a lot clearer on what we need from others and what helps us. Because that is the crux of it, you know, and often we feel incredibly lonely. Yes, we've lost our person and that does make us feel very lonely, but we're often very disconnected from ourselves, which heightens our loneliness. So it's it's really important for us to to kind of dive deep on ourselves, get to know who we are at at our core and, and really understand that within ourselves. Building that healthy relationship with yourself first and foremost before anyone else comes along learn you know learn how to to build your confidence increase your confidence be kind respectful and love yourself when you know who you are and what you want 
then you can know what you need. But it's very hard to know that until you, you know yourself. Are your relationships fulfilling you? Are the people that you surround yourself with and spend time with, do you feel connected? Do you feel nurtured? Do you feel loved? You know, like loneliness is huge, isn't it? And and sometimes we can have that intimacy. And I'm not just talking sexual intimacy. You know, sometimes like a warm embrace of a friend or a family member, just someone that, you know, will sit and hold your hand while, while crying or, or talking you know, if sometimes doing things like booking a massage, you know, just that physical human touch, going somewhere and having someone touch you, that the warmth and the healing of someone, you, you know, we can do so much to help this Reiki, uh, reflexology, massage. There's so many natural therapies out there that actually help us feel more connected, that bring that intimacy in, that can help kind of just settle what we're feeling and I guess help guide us through our journey in a more positive way rather than going out and seeking intimacy in in someone else that actually ultimately ends up making us feel worse and and less connected and more lonely that that's not that's not the end result we want to end up with here is it so be aware, be kind to yourself, build that healthy relationship with yourself. Now, a lot of the time we can, in order to, to fill this void, we can we can do things um, that aren't that, that good for us that, as much as going out and meeting someone else that, that maybe isn't quite right for us, which is okay, by the way. There's nothing wrong in that. Um, you can go out and you can find someone. You don't have to go and find Mr. or Mrs. Right straight away. You can go and find Mr. or Mrs. just right now and, and meet someone. Maybe you do just want that intimacy and you just want a friend with benefits. And that's absolutely fine as long as it's not making you feel worse in the long run, you know. But, you know, other things we can do as, as well, we can we can turn to alcohol, we can turn to food, we can turn to shopping, um, all these other maybe not so healthy habits we can use to try and fill that void within us. We've all done it. There's no judgment. There's no criticism. Good Lord. None at all. I I've done it all. Um you know, I ate too much, I drank too much, I parted too much, I probably dated too much, um, I spent too much, I went on holidays, just always kind of looking for something to kind of fill that void. And it doesn't always work. The one thing that did work was that investment in me in me really getting to understand who I was at my core, again, building that relationship with myself, learning to like myself, value myself, trust myself. And then the energy I was putting out there was so different and you're attracting different things. You're feeling more connected. You're finding people that fill you up, not drain you. And all of that has such a huge impact on how you feel. Now, I'm not trying to say that that's all a, a magic cure or an answer. Of course, you're still going to miss your person. You're still going to crave your person. That's that's like inherently in us, isn't it? And we're going to miss them. but there's so much we can do to help ourselves move through it. And when it does feel right for you to, to go out and find somebody else and, you know, build a relationship that feels intimate and loving and kind and safe for yourself, you know, it, that can bring up a lot of feelings of guilt. 
a lot of feelings of guilt around betrayal and you know feeling like does that mean I no longer love my person and it's it's really not that you don't have to kind of say goodbye to one love to allow to allow another love in but there's definitely a belief that we have to cut it off finish it you you know kind of that's got to be the end of that one so that I can move on and make space for another love another person in my life it's not an either or situation we absolutely (laughs) can love two people at once and it's finding someone that holds space for that that honors that that embraces your person that you bring with you that you still love and doesn't make you feel bad about it you know and it is entirely possible by the way it can feel like it's impossible I know that but it it really isn't there are good people out there that will hold space for you for your love for your person and your grief and and we don't have to kind of layer that guilt within ourselves our person lives on within us they are here they are in our hearts and they are going to come forward with us always guiding us you are who you are today because you had your person in your life so it's finding someone that respects that that loves that that kind of almost you know, give thanks to to the person that you loved before because they've created the person you are now and they love that person. So it, it can all be really quite wonderful, but we have to allow it and we have to find someone that allows that within us as well. It's, It's so important. But there's also guilt around when we, you know, find someone that we can build something special with that we might look back on our life with our person and believe that you know we we weren't we didn't have the the sex life the intimacy that that should have been this word should again isn't it that we could have done more that we could have been more but it's it's kind of remembering you know we don't want to go back and sort of romanticize or idealize a life Um, that didn't exist and and that's not to say it wasn't good but we can very much look back in hindsight and believe that everything was perfect nothing's perfect you know there is no such thing as perfect we all have our little faults our little annoyances life happens around us we all get tired we all get stressed we have to work we have good days we have bad days our emotions our feelings were up and down and it's remembering that you know, we we did our best at the time with what we had. And had you known what was going to happen, yes, you probably would have done everything very differently, but you didn't know. We don't have the, the beauty of foresight in life. You know, we can look back in hindsight, but we can't look back with hindsight and berate ourselves, which we're very good at doing. But that's not really very fair because we know something different now than we knew then. We didn't know now. We didn't know then what we know now. So don't look back with hindsight and berate yourself. You know, remember that everything that you did at the time was right with with the knowledge, the skills that you had at that point and how you felt at that point, you know, and just trying not to think that, you know, life was perfect, could have been perfect, should have been better. 
you know it was what it was meant to be so again not comparing we're terrible at comparing it's, it's trying not to compare it's hard it's really hard and this is a subject that really isn't talked about enough it isn't shared enough people can feel very alone with their thoughts scared to bring it up understandably you know it's not a subject we're very good at talking about when our our person's here and and we're you know both alive people don't talk about intimacy it's very kind of shied away from it's very personal but you can find people that you can share with that you can talk to about it and I think it's really important to do that acknowledge what you're feeling acknowledge what you're going through talk to somebody about it that you trust understand that it's okay if you're craving it and you want to go out and find it with someone go for it just be aware of how it's making you feel and what it's doing for you are you connected to the people around you are you connected to yourself are you being kind to yourself are you building a healthy relationship with you because we lose ourselves after we lose our life partner we feel totally and utterly lost. We feel vulnerable. We feel isolated. We don't know who we are. We don't know where we fit in. We don't know where we're going. And these are all things that I help people with through my group coaching programs, because one of the hardest things for me was kind of discovering me and who I was and what I wanted out of life after my husband died. It's huge, you know, and and how we can create a meaningful and full life for ourselves taking our person with us, still loving our person, not feeling like we have to leave them behind, forget about them. We really don't, you know, and and intimacy and sex and love, it's a huge part of it all. It's a huge part of a very loving relationship. And it's very normal and natural to miss it and to crave it. You are human. Your person died. You did not die. You are still alive. You are a living, breathing, feeling human being with desires. And that's okay. That is 100% okay. Don't feel ashamed of it. Don't put yourself down for it. Do whatever it is you need to do. You know, but like I say, just create that awareness around what you're doing, how it's making you feel. Is it helping you? Is it hindering you? Are there other ways that maybe you could support yourself through this? I hope some of that has helped. I hope some of it has resonated with you. If you have any questions or anything you want to add, by all means, get in touch. Let me know. Let's open up the conversation further because this is going to be different for everyone. And that's the the big thing with this, isn't it? It, You know, we are all going to do this in our own unique way and we are all going to experience it in our own unique way. There is no right or wrong. It just is. And it's learning how to, to find our way through it in the most positive way that we can. Sending you all lots of love and I will speak to you again very soon. Take care, look after yourselves. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening today on The Widow Podcast. If you would like to find out more about how I can help you, please visit my website, www.karensutton.co.uk. I would love to help you find your way forward to a brighter future. So get in touch. Let's have a conversation. 
and let's help you take back control and find a more positive way through your grief. I look forward to hearing from you.